Welcome to the Calamanta Sermon Cast. This message was first delivered live at Calamanta Church of Christ. Seeing red. We've, we're doing a little bit of an experiment. We want to see if red really does affect you. They tell me that it makes you angry. No, you all look pretty placid this morning. So that's a good sign. We're going to be looking at the theme, Seeing Red. That's our next series. This is what we're heading into. But today, you're going to hear the best sermon you've ever heard. How many people here, let's just think of the best sermon you've ever heard, right? The best sermon you've heard. Think about it. You got it in your head? Who wants to tell me the best sermon that they've ever heard? Peter's. Peter, why was it so good? Uh, You shouldn't have answered. Okay, come on. Who else can tell tell me the best sermon? You can think of a message that you've heard, a sermon. Over here. Yes? Ah. So you remember the crunchy or the sermon? Ah, very good. You want crunchy time? No, we're going to have picnic time. <laughs> I, I met a guy last night. I was at a wedding and we're sitting around a table. And every time I see this guy, he gets angry at me because he remembers an Easter service. And I, talked, I gave everybody a little stone. This guy wasn't a Christian. And he came to church to find God. And I gave everybody a stone and I made the comment that... Uh, that you know, look, this stone is a, a, a reminder of the, of the things that we block over our heart. You know, but look, if this means nothing to you, just throw it in the driveway when you go home. Well, he was so angry that I suggested that he throw his stone in the driveway. He rang me up and blasted me. Um, he's still angry today. Uh, but he did come to know Jesus and he's a great guy and he's, uh, he's moving ahead in great um, leaps and bounds with God and doing amazing things. But it was a sermon he never forgets and he won't let me forget. I am rumbling a lot up here and it's not my tummy. Who else can tell me a sermon that you can remember? Over the back here, yes. One on forgiveness. Yeah, when was that? Yeah. Okay. Tim Hannah, yep. That would have been... That would have been a long time back now. Yeah, it would have been a good six years ago he was here. Yeah. Wow, you still remember it? Wow. Excellent. Well, I'm going to give you a sermon that you're never, ever going to forget. You ready for the best sermon you've ever heard? Brace yourselves. Sit down. Buckle up. This is the best sermon you will ever hear. Here we go. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you, falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavour, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to throw out and trample under man's foot. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot, not one little title will be no means passed from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of these of these commandments and teaches man so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you by no means will Enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be judged. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brothers, Raka! shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversaries quickly while you're on the way with him, lest your adversaries deliver you to the judge and the judge hands you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. As surely I say to you, you will be no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. And Jesus goes on and on with the greatest sermon you will ever ever, ever here. That's 
the greatest sermon you'll ever hear. And yet, if it's the greatest sermon you will ever hear, then why is it when we hear great sermons, we don't do it? You see, this was Jesus' big time. This is what happened. Let me take you to the event. Jesus has, has been... Um, by this stage, he was baptized. By this stage, he had done much teaching. By this stage, he had gone through all the processes that acknowledged him as a rabbi. And rabbis, what they would do is they would sit down, usually in the synagogue, and they would present what they called their yoke. Their yoke was their manifesto, if you like. It was their foundation of teaching. Every rabbi would look at the first books of the Bible, the four, the Torah, and they would give an explanation and it was their basis for teaching. And so they would come along and they would sit down and give their interpretation, a bit like a Matthew Henry's commentary or something like that. Well, though they did that, they called it their yoke and Jesus was about to do that. And that's what this sermon, Matthew 5, 6 and 7, read it. Read it, read it over the next seven weeks. Read it over again. Sit down, read it. This is the basis of everything. And Jesus gives his yoke. Remember in the Bible it says, my yoke is not heavy. It wasn't supposed to be heavy. It was supposed to be light. And that's what this sermon's all about. That's what Jesus' sermon was all about. That's what this next few weeks is about. It's about us coming and hearing Jesus give his basis of teaching. Now, it's an interesting thing that this would have been written many, 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 many years after it happened. Okay, the Gospels weren't written as they went. They didn't have a laptop or an iPad typing it down and recording it. This was Matthew looking back and remembering it. And you're thinking, my goodness, did you remember that sermon word for word? How many people can remember a sermon word for word? Now, that sermon probably went for about two hours, in case you're, you're wondering. So there was probably a little bit more to it. You see, the reason why Matthew could remember it so well is Jesus just didn't teach this once. Jesus taught it over and over and over again. Every time he did something, he reflected back on this sermon. Every time he did something, you saw a reflection of this sermon because it was him. It was who he is. That's why this sermon is the most powerful sermon you will ever hear. He lived it. It was him. It was the basis of who he was. He didn't change. He stayed the same. And the invitation to you and I over the next seven weeks is to come and listen to this sermon. It starts off in Matthew 1 and it says, And seeing the multitude, he went up on a mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. First of all, if we're going to get in the right position to hear this message, to allow this message to impact you, and let me tell you, I've been studying this now for a couple of months, and every time I read this, this has been stirring up stuff inside me. It's been stirring up my weaknesses. It's been stirring up the, the, the amazing grace and mercy of a mighty God. It's stirring up something. And Jesus is inviting us. You see, everybody had seen his signs, his wonders, his teaching. 
You guys, are, in the last series, we looked at the magnificence of God. And now that we've seen that, he's inviting us up a mountain to come and sit and hear what he has to say. He's inviting us to come up the mountain. The multitudes followed him up the mountain. The first thing in receiving is to come and get away with Jesus. With this next seven weeks, would you come and get away with Jesus? As they walked up that mountain, the village, and everything of the world started to get smaller and smaller as they walked that mountain, that hillside. They walked up that hillside, and there was Galilee probably looking down there, and he was sitting, and they, Jesus sat at the top, and they looked up at him. It was a beautiful picture. You know, a few years ago, Margie and Jaden and myself, we went and travelled Europe. And whilst we were travelling Europe, we went to, I can never pronounce the name, and I wish um, Rob was here because he pronounces it really well, but I just know it as the top of Europe. It's that big mountain outside just in Switzerland there, and you get this, it's the highest um, train that goes up. And we travelled up this top of this mountain, and and, I'd, and as we went up, you know, you'd get to one place, and I'd and I'd look around and see the snow, and I'd see the Alps. This is what it looks like. You'd you'd get up there, and I'd go, man, this is fantastic. And they'd say, you haven't got there yet. And we'd go a little bit further, and we'd get on this train, and we'd go a little bit higher, and we started to struggle with breath because it was getting a bit heavy up there. And we get outside, and I looked out the windows inside this coffee shop because there was a coffee shop up there, and. And there was this. And I went, man, this is incredible. And they said, it gets better. So we went outside and Jaden and I were playing with snow. And it's like, it gets better. So we went outside and we found this lookout. And this lookout was absolutely amazing. It was like this big decking. And it had been a blizzard, so there was a, a great big tractor that was totally buried in sand. And as you looked out, you saw this. What's that? It was buried in sand. I was in the beach yesterday, wasn't I? It was sand. It wasn't was sand. It was snow. And so it was buried in snow. And there, oh, thank you. Um, and we were just, it was just amazed. And there was something coming up as you traveled away from everything else and come to the top of this mountain. You can't help but go, God, you are amazing. But it got better. We walked around this decking and there Margie said, look at this. And by this seat, next slide, was this sign. Oh Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. That's on the top of Europe. Isn't that awesome? And Maggie and I, I started to sing How Great Thou Art, of which this time Jaden was on the other side of the decking. But we decided up there, you just got to talk to God. And we just prayed as we were up there. You know, Jesus wants us to come away with him, to come and sit at his feet, to get lost in his majesty to allow his words to come deep. Would you come away? Would you, would you this week, this next seven weeks, come and sit on the hill with Jesus? Come and sit with him. Then 
If you take go a little bit further, you find that not only do people come up because they've seen, they've seen something about Jesus and they want to come and sit at his feet. Then it says, I think it says, it does. It says, he went up on the mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him and they sat there and they just focused on Jesus. You see, we've got to get away, but we've got to get our focus onto Jesus. Over the years, there's been all these different movements. Back in the late 1800s, there was this real push and, and um, challenges on whether the Bible was really real, whether Jesus was really real, whether Jesus said what he really said was. And there was all this attack on, on, on Christianity. And people started to get a little bit loose and it used to, there was a lot of boundaries were pushed back and we called it liberalism and it started to rise up. Well, some people got worried about that. So from this move came another move and a, a lot of Christians in America started to get upset about this and so they started to get really strict. And so we came into a time of being very fundament, uh, fundamental. And we have fundamentalism comes in. And people are saying, you can't do this and you can't do that. And here's the law, even to the place where Christians are supposed to be separate from everybody else. Because that's what the Bible says, be ye therefore separate. We've got to separate ourselves from this humanism. We've got to separate ourselves from this stuff that's happening in university. Don't go to university. Don't trust other people in the society because we've got to stay strong to the word. And we became so fundamental that religion got tight. Well, then there was another move because that wasn't working too well either. And another group of people got upset and started, we came out with um, another movement that started to move out that evan, we called out our evan, um, evangelicals came out of this where we said, no, 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 we've got to tell everybody about Jesus. And we got focused on people becoming Christians. We, we moved away from social do, um, doctrine and we moved strongly into evangelism. And we all about, you've got to come to Jesus otherwise you're going to go to hell. You've got to come. You don't want to go to hell. Come on. And we have this strong move again. And there seemed to be a separation from a social gospel to an evangelistic gospel. And then there was this other little movement that was happening alongside this where now evangelicals are getting so tied up with, with politics that we're starting to be known just for people who are anti-this and anti-that and anti-that and anti-that. Well, there's another movement that's stirring up in America. It's starting to move across to Australia. You're probably starting to see it. And it's a group of mostly young people who are rising up and saying, hang on a minute, all this stuff, why don't we just get back to the words that Jesus said? Let's get back to just basics again. Let's get back to the listening to Jesus. There was a, a disc jockey in Tennessee. He was a country and western disc jockey. And he heard about this and interviewed it. And he's the one that nicknamed it or came up with the title, The Red Letter Christians. Christians that will just look at what Jesus said. The red letter Christian. There's a strong movement of people rising up and saying, well, if Jesus said this, then why don't we do it? There was another very prominent Catholic um, priest, writer, author, teacher, 
um, but a name of, and I'll get his name right so I don't confuse you all. His name was, um, and I haven't got it there. Yes, I have somewhere. Richard Raw. And he got excited about this. And Tony Campolo was talking to him. And Cody, Tony Campolo, he said, you, know, you obviously love this stuff. He said, oh, it's fantastic. He said, it's great. I love it. It's what we should be doing. And uh, he said, you know, the thing is about you guys, Tony, you evangelicals, when you become born again, what do you do? You go into the scriptures and you look at the epistles. You look at, start studying Philippians and Ephesians and Galatians and Colossians. And you look at the gospel through the eyes of the Pauline teachings. But you see, us more conservative churches like the Catholics, we start in the Gospels. And we start there in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and then we look at the epistles through the eyes of the Gospels. You see, both of them are right. It's just a different emphasis. And what I'm suggesting to us is that we need to look at the Bible through the eyes of Jesus. And so he said, well, explain a little bit more. He said, well, it's simple. You evangelicals, you teach the stuff from Pauline and first, and what do you create? Tele-evangelists. Us Catholics, we look at the Gospels, and what do we create? Mother Teresa. The difference is, they're both the same. They've both got the same message. It's just looking at it through different eyes. And the invitation, as we sit at the feet of Jesus is not just get into the right position, come and get away, but would we allow our eyes and our ears to focus through the things Jesus said? Get away. Come. Get focused. Interesting, at the end of Jesus' sermon, what does he talk about? At the beginning, you've got people coming. He starts off with the blessing. And at the end, he says, there's a lot of people who say, Lord, Lord, Lord. There's a lot of people who prophesy in my name. There's even people teaching and preaching in my name. But I don't know them. But those who hear my words and do them are like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. And when the storms come, they keep standing. But the foolish man, he builds his house on the sand. And the winds come and the rains come and it all falls down. You see, the difference there is, remember Jesus is talking to a group of people that understood what it meant to live on sand. The nomads put tents up in the deserts and there was sand. And it's always moving. Sand is moving. But when you came and built a solid house, you built it in Jerusalem, live rock, and you build on rock. You see, The Pharisees' teaching of the day was always moving. It was always moving. They would sit down and come up with this doctrine. But then after a while, they would sit around and all yarn and chat, and the Pharisee might go, or the teacher might go, hmm, I think I might change that slightly, because I'd see it a different way now. And so their teachings and their laws were always changing. And we get that sometimes in the church. We come and we, we hear this teaching over here about how the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit are, are really powerful and they're there for today. And we go, yeah, that makes sense. I can understand that. 
But then we read another book that says, well, be careful of the teachings like that because it really should be like this. And we go, yeah, that's right. So I shift over here. And the sand is always moving. But Jesus said, my teachings never change. They're like rock. And if you bolt your house in there, you will stay there. Would you bolt your life, your teachings, on the same teachings of Jesus? That's the invitation. Get focused. Get into a rock that doesn't move, that doesn't change. It's not changing. It's always the same. And then the last thing we look at is this. Get filled. You know what? It says here that then he opened his mouth and he taught. And the picture there, that as a Pharisee opened his mouth and breathed out words. Remember, God made man, he put the sand together and he breathed life into them. Remember the valley of the dry bones and all the rattling of the bones came together and then it said, breathe life into them. The Holy Spirit is, is, like a, is described as a breath. It's when we hear the words of Jesus, it's like he's breathing life into us. Kingdom life. They sat there, were amazed at his authority as he spoke. And he breathed into them. God, as we come out and come away with him, and we focus on the words of Jesus, allow him to breathe life into us. You see, the word blessing, and the, Joe's going to be preaching next week on the Beatitudes, because this is the key. The, the Beatitudes are the key to the whole sermon. It's not separate. The Beatitudes filter all the way through. Everything comes back to the Beatitudes. Everything is back there. And the Beatitude starts off with, blessed is he. The word blessed, some people, some interpretations say it means happy. It doesn't fit. And it's not true. The actual, some believe that the original Matthew was written in Aramaic, which meant that the word blessing actually means to find favor with. It actually means that you have found favor. You are blessed because you have found favor with. And God wants to say, saying to us, get yourself in the right position and you receive the favors of the kingdom of God. What's the favor? It's his authority. It's his kingdom power. It's his relationship that you become heirs. And it comes because you are blessed. Mary was blessed found favor. Jesus grew in favor with God and with man. The Beatitudes are about finding favor with God and the result of that is favor with man. So the word favor. So we're going to go through six weeks, well actually five studies we're looking at. The one is receiving an attitude, a beautiful attitude that puts us in a place of receiving the favor that God has for us. And then we move from there. So point number one is going to be to receive. The next study is going to be to, to reflect. You shall be salt and light of the world. You shall be. It doesn't say you're going to be, try and be. You shall be. When you're in the right beatitudes, the right attitudes, you become salt and light. When you're out of the beatitudes, you won't be in salt and light. It's not about, I've got to go be salt. It's about the right attitude. So we first of all receive. 
we then reflect. Then he talks about, Jesus talks about the law. And the law is not to make us religious. The law is to set us free. Because it's been fulfilled. And we're going to be talking about the importance of Jesus fulfilling, bringing the law to completion. And so we get to a place of how do I then relate? And the next one is respond. Jesus then talks about the way to pray, the way to fast, the important attitude. How do I respond? That's going to be a great message. I love that one. It really got me to a place of just being... I won't give it away, but it's just that message is going to be good. And, And then the last thing he starts to say, refocus. Look at the birds of the air. Look at how I look after them. Refocus the way you respond to people. You respond to problems. You respond to life. When you're in the right attitudes, you reflect. You receive. You respond and you refocus. And that's what we're going to be going through. But here's my challenge to you as we bring this to an end today. Is the invitation is there for you and me. The invitation is to come up onto the mountain, up on the hillside, to sit there with Jesus and say, let me just look. Let the words of Jesus, he is the word, it says, Let the word of Jesus impact my life. I've read that before and I know it all. Yeah, but sit again and listen to it again. And allow the words, the words of life to impact you. Come up on the mountain. Be filled. Be refocused. I'm going to, we're going to come into a time of communion right now. And in this time of communion, if I can have someone up here doing some music for me. In the time of this communion, just stop for a moment in your minds and imagine today Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who died and rose again, says, come up and sit with me. Come up and sit with me. The next seven weeks, come and hear my words. In your study books, you'll be giving, um, when you get them, I've given you a daily reading. And in that daily reading, there's only five of them per week, so you've got two days off. All I've done is found some different passages of red letters. They're random. So don't be surprised if you just read one that's just right for today because that's probably God, not me. In fact, it is God, not me. And then I've put a little scripture and I've found some commentary from different people and I've adapted some of it just to help you think. But what I want you to do, if nothing else, this next seven weeks, if nothing else, you just stop. And allow the words of Jesus to go into your mind and into your heart, but also to come out of your life. If that's all that happens, that will be a miracle in itself. And it will, as you stop and you listen. Just hold the bread. The bread is a reminder of Jesus' body, his life. He lived on earth. The cup is a reminder of his sacrifice, his gift to you, a gift to you.
is also an invitation of what you hold in your hands with the bread and the cup is an invitation to come, to receive, to have our lives changed. To not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Not to just be people that, that put on the... We learn. See, us Christians, we're pretty good at learning, right? We know the right words to say. We know when you, when you come to, to Jesus, you say this and you say that and you say that. We know the right way to sing songs and put your hands... We know how to look like Christians. We even encourage our kids to come in and look like Christians. And because my parents have been a Christian, I must be one. And I can even get up there and, and, and preach and, and do amazing things and, and go and see miracles happen. And yet those words say, but I didn't know you. Why didn't he know us? Because we didn't sit at his feet long enough to hear what he says so that we build relationship. We didn't sit at his feet long enough to actually allow those words to become the way that I'm going to live. I didn't sit at his feet long enough. To turn the words into my actions. Because they're the people. This study is going to bring you to a place where daily you're going to realize you are poor in spirit. This study is going to bring you daily to a place where you're saying, I need to mourn. To mourn means to, isn't just a crying and being upset. In those days in in Jerusalem, if you mourned, it was actually a cutting off. It was a process of over a number of weeks. It was a process, and I think it's actually a whole year, a process of weeping and crying and ashcloth and ashes. It was a process of separating yourself emotionally, physically and spiritually from that which has passed on. And that's what we need to do with our old life. And hence we come to a place of mourning and it's those places where we we go through that process of separation. This scripture study will bring you to a place where you'll say, Lord, I need you. I really do. Because I do get angry with my friend. I'm not merciful. I'm always critical. Forgive me, God. And he says, that's okay. You're getting hungry now for me. You're getting hungry for righteousness. That's a good place to be. I can give you something with that. Just hold the cup and hold the bread and let me pray. Father God, we come before you at the beginning of this series with a desire to see red, to see the red letters of Jesus. We come at the beginning of this series holding in our hands a reminder of the very person of Jesus, his life and his death and his resurrection. And we want to say to you, Jesus, we, we don't just want to have the title Christian. We just don't want to go through the motions. But we want to sit and hear your words and put them into action. And Lord, I'm so excited because I know that when we do that, we can't help but feel your mercy and your grace and your love and your goodness to us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's eat and drink together.
We're going to come into a time of just a couple of songs of worship and ministry. But the thing that came to me at the beginning this morning, and I've got to tell you, this hasn't been an easy series for me. It's been a struggle. And I always know that when things are a struggle like they have been, and my brain can't focus on things, that it's probably not just coincidental. You know, the other day we were photocopying these books, and this is the truth. Photocopy is going fine. We put in the, the book that we've got here, and poor old Rose, nothing came out. I just sneaked in and did something else, and it came out straight away. She went to put the book back in, and it didn't come out. That's pretty weird. Now, I'm not going to get too over-spiritual on this, but I will say you this. It tells me that it tells me that this is important. And I encourage you, get into a connect group, get together and allow the words of Jesus to become your conversation. Enjoy talking about it and making it your life. But as I was doing this this morning, I really sensed the Lord saying, and it came out from a conversation I had with Lisa, that sometimes we find it really hard to read the Bible. Have you noticed that? You get to the Bible and it just doesn't seem to make sense. Or you sit there and you read it over and over and over again and you get lost. And But I want to pray for those in this place today for this one thing, that God would release not just a hunger for his word, but an ability to read and to see because it's spiritual. The Holy Spirit takes those words and it says they're alive. They're alive because His Spirit's in them. And I want to pray particularly for those who say, you know, what I want to be prayed for, to be released, to have a freshness of spirit and, if you like, the ability to read the Scripture and to hear God's Word. You have not because you ask not. Come and ask. And I'm going to pray with you because I really sense that's what God's put on my heart today, to pray for people that they might read the Scripture afresh and it would come alive. If you've had blockages that have been in the way, the busyness of life, the stuff that's just got in the way and you've just put the word to one side because you're so busy, come up the front, let's pray and say, God, today we're going to make a start. Your word's important to my life. I want your word to become real again. Come up the front and we're going to pray for you in this time of worship. Let's stand together. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Kalamata Church of Christ. If you are inspired or challenged by this message, we hope that you will share it with a friend. And hey, let us know too. Find us at kalamatachurchchrist.org.au Also look for us on Twitter and Facebook.